Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. So, you know, very rarely do I get to meet a celebrity that is so down earth, so humble, so honest, so determined. Um, you know, in fact, when I asked him if he wanted to promote anything, he said, no, I just want to be here to help. So, you know, he is absolutely amazing. Um, he is, I've got to put my glasses on for this because I can't memorize all this. The list was like a page long of everything he's been in, but um, here are the things he's known for. The Return of the Living Dead, The Family Business, Scooby-Doo, Nashville, Joanna Man, and Tour of Duty are just some to name a few. His story is going to inspire you. His values, what he thinks is important, which is so on track with what I believe, which makes him who he is. His, Like I said, his story, most people would not have gotten half to where he's gotten in their life. But he is just driven. He's on fire. He's lit. Up next, Miguel Nunez. Welcome, Miguel. It's so glad. I'm so glad to have you here. It's it's. <laughs> Finally, a journey, <laughs> even just now, because uh, I thought we were recording and we weren't. Okay, okay. so that's all good. So happy all good. To have you here, and you're going to be like so elated once this is done. I'm sure. Uh. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, I already told everybody, you know, all your background in so far as your career, but we're going to go back and to where it all started. So you're, I know you were born in New York City, but you were raised in North Carolina. So. I was raised in North Carolina on a farm. I was born in New York. Uh, my mom, her name is Betty Jean Newsom. She was raised in the same little country town I was. And she got the hell out as soon as she could and ran away to New York. And her story is more fascinating than any woman on the entire planet. Um, she ran away from New York. She was a young country girl, beautiful. And she said, the only reason I got eight brothers and one sister, we were all born one year apart. She said, the only reason you guys are here because my grandmother and grandfather, who I ended up lit raising with, which is a whole nother movie, uh, uh, who were Christians, who beat IS every day, the same stuff you see on TV and movies, raised us in the country. They were Christians. We couldn't say nothing, do nothing, couldn't look wrong, say nothing wrong, all of that. So she said, the only reason y'all here is because your mother, grandmother, grandfather told us every day of our life, y'all better stay away from boys, stay away from boys. She said, as soon as I got the hell out of school, I got, I got the hell out of the house. I wanted to go to New York finally. What the hell it is about these boys that they don't want me to know? Uh, very <laughs> so good she point. Ran, yeah, yeah. She ran, she ran away from home. She went to New York and she had a child once a year, every year. When we got three, she gave us back, gave us to our grandmother because our grandmother was on a farm and she needed help. So she gave us and we were raised in North Carolina on a farm because so we because my grandmother needed, you know, help on the farm. So our summer jobs with the stuff you see on TV and in the tobacco fields, cows, chickens, all of that stuff. And every day of my life in North Carolina, I told everybody who would listen. I told everybody I was going to be a movie star. I was going to run away when I graduated from high school. I'm going to run away. I'm going to go to Hollywood. I'm going to be a movie star. I know it. And every single person ever in my entire life uh, said, it's not possible. You're skinny. You're ugly. You're black. You're on a farm. You're in North Carolina. It's not humanly possible. Okay, um, so wait a minute. What, what age did you know that you wanted to be an actor and, and my, why? My, from the time I could speak, even before I ever even watched television. 
because I had not watched televisions when I was saying this. My daycare, when my uncle had come home, I was like nine or 10, before I went to school. And I remember he had a, a car with a license plate that said California. And I remember they said, I sat on the sidewalk and rubbed my hand across the license plate all day long going, this car was in California where I'm gonna live. It was in California. And I just knew, I knew from the time I could speak. My mother said one time she spoke, man, I told her, when I become a movie star, I'm not gonna buy you nothing. And I, I just, I knew and when I was in the first grade, I, have, I had a jean jacket. And I wrote Hollywood on the back of that jacket because that's what I said I was going to do. So all through high school, I was in my name Hollywood. And every time, every minute, that's all I talked about, what I was going to do, how I was going to do it. We were poor. I was hungry, but it didn't matter. And so when I graduated from high school, I got my, I was working at, graduated in June, July, August, September, October. Four months later, I was working at a tobacco warehouse and I got a check and I just said, I could just run away to California right now. I just turned 17 because I graduated 17, but I graduated before because my birthday's August. Yeah. I made three bologna sandwiches and I just went home. I wrote a note. I had never been out of my, I'd never been outside of North Carolina since I was three. I call everybody ma'am and sir. Technically on a mental level, I was probably nine compared to anybody my age. Um, I was only 4'11". Mental or emotional are you talking about? Mentally. Mentally because I was so country. And I, yeah. everything, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, no, sir, yes, ma'am, yeah. that's why I was. Um, and I just, I just, I know it was God, but I, I went home, I wrote a note to my grandparents, and I was like, because it was like 15 of us in the house, because I had five aunts, plus all my uh, brothers and all of us were living in the same house. And it was never a time when there was no one there. But that day, there was no one there. That's how I know it was fate. And I just made three bologna sandwiches. I thought they would get me to California. I wrote a note and said, I'm going to Hollywood. I wrote a note. I went to the bus station. I said, can I get a ticket to Hollywood? And they said, no. So I thought that white man, I thought I couldn't get into Hollywood because you had to be an actor to get into Hollywood. Well, wait, why couldn't you get on the bus? Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> later, <laughs> later <laughs> I found out later, I'll go ahead and tell you. I found out later what I was at the trailway station because that's the only thing we had in my little hometown. Trailways went downtown LA to Skid Row, the worst place in the history of the United States. Skid Row downtown, but a Greyhound went to Hollywood. I didn't know oh, that. I see. Oh, I see. Okay. So but I didn't know that at the time. I found that out later. But but what happened was I, I was at Trailways. So I was there, he said, go to Los Angeles. I said, California. I said, I'll take it. I went in the back of the bus and I hid because the little bus station right in the middle of our hometown and my grandparents would have came by. I know I'd be killed. So I sat in the back and after they, you know, the bus started moving out and I started going out. I never, ever, ever realized the seriousness of what I was doing. Not even singularly one time because I absolutely 100%, 100% in every fiber of my being knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that it was going to happen. I saw the finish line in my mind. I didn't see all the stuff in between. And, 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 and that's one of the things I tell kids, it doesn't matter. Nobody has to believe in you. If you 100% believe in yourself, that's all it takes. And I just, and by the, and the first time I realized the seriousness of what I'd done, because I thought I was going to get here and I was going to see those big movie lights that be flashing across the thing. And I was going to see movie stars. And I said, when I get there, I'm just going to, everybody say, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to be a movie star. How are you going to do it? I said, when I get there, I'm going to meet somebody. That can help. I'm going to be a movie star. I just, all I ever thought, it wasn't until that bus landed downtown LA 
on Skid Row and I looked outside and it, you know, remember Skid Row is the worst street in not just Los Angeles, the state of uh, uh, the whole uh, country. At the time, there was a Skid Row slasher killing bombs. And that's when I realized it's serious and what I'd done. I got scared. I didn't know what to do. I remember um, just sitting there and I did not know what to do. I just didn't know what to even think because I was 17, but mentally I was probably about 14 to, to be in a city. Mm-hmm. And I just did not know it there. I know I wasn't going to call back home. I was a big family. I was embarrassed. It's not going to happen. And I remember the guy kicked me out because you couldn't sleep in there. And I remember going to a movie theater and then I had a little razor that we kept in our, everybody kept a little box razor in their pocket. And I remember going to a movie theater. It was $2 and I didn't have enough. At a hotel across the street, the Cecil Hotel is still there today. That's the one where all these um, um, uh, mysterious deaths happened. Uh, the Cecil Hotel where the lady got locked inside the water container and the water container cannot be opened. Uh, that hotel. And that one, thank God I didn't go in there. And I went down to a movie theater. It was $2. And I remember I had a, a $2 left. It was a dollar night so I could sleep inside. Uh, some guy tried to attack me inside. I pulled my uh, razor out on him. And that was just God's way of telling me to watch out early. And I remember just walking around and walking around. I went to start sleeping behind the bus wait station. Minute, wait you only had $2 when you got to Los Angeles? Yes, two dollars left in my pocket, and you didn't think about <laughs> never once. Well, did I mean, you I said that. About, so, never so once. What? What drove? What was? Where was the drive coming from? You said you didn't have a TV, so it wasn't like you were sitting there, you know, watching somebody's craft. What was the, the motivation and the drive? Where did it come from? I have no clue. I, well, this is what people think. My mother aunt, actually was on television at the time. But I can't say that was it. Everybody, when I say that, they go, that had to be it. No, because I never saw her on TV but one time. It was never anything like she's on TV. I, I But she would come home and it would be really just like Suge Avery in the color purple. She was. Uh, my mom wrote, it's a man's world. James Brown's biggest song hit. And oh, that's my, okay. My so mother your mom's in the business. Okay. Because... Uh, now. My mother wrote that song because she was sleep. She was going out with James Brown. She was going out with James Brown. Oh, she was going out with Muhammad Ali. She was going out with Jackie Robinson. All of these guys were picking her up after one after another in limousine, and all. Uh, and that's all my brothers. And I can't go any further than that because I got brothers whose daddies are alive right now who are famous, and they don't even know they. Have, well, they probably know, but anyway, we won't go there. So okay. anyway, um, um. What was, what was, oh, so yeah, I your motivation. I, I mean, so you, you, you she was you, on TV. She was on a show called Hollabaloo way back in the day, the first American bandstand. And she was one of those go go girl dances. Oh. With, well, I remember American was, bandstand, yeah. Uh, um, no, yeah, but she was the it was one called Hollabaloo. It was like way, way back. You probably, you probably wasn't even born by then. Yeah. Um, and um, so anyway, but. I, from the day I was born, the first day I could speak, that's all I thought about. We had an encyclopedia set, and I used to, they would go run out to go do this and go run out and do that. I would run home and get the encyclopedia and look up the word Hollywood. And I would look up everywhere they had an address, and I write, so hi, my name's Miguel Nunez. I live at 640 Cemetery Street, Wilson, North Carolina. I want to be an actor. Can you help me? I would send out thousands of letters, thousands of letters all throughout my life, waiting, running to the mailbox. They never knew why I wanted to run and get the mail. They wanted me. To, I always wanted to look just to see if something came back. You know, that kind of, I don't know where it came from. I just knew it. I knew it. I saw it. I knew everything that's happened to me. My uh, a premiere at the Chinese theater. I saw it. I, I knew there was no Let me ask you a question. Do you think, do you believe in God? Do you think that was God putting that on your heart? 
I think that was, oh, 100%. I believe it was 100%. Okay. I think that some people can be actors. Some people are destined to be actors. And I think a lot of actors and a lot of successful people I know say, I knew I was going to do this. I, I knew it. Tiger Woods, he knew he was going to be great. Michael right. Jordan, he right. knew. You, you have to believe enough in yourself. And you can accomplish anything you want. And you never, ever take no. Because I'm going to tell you something. Some, I'll give you, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to hear. I want so anyway, to I'm just keep. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip ahead. So I anyway. So anyway, so I'm on. I'm living in. I'm living on the streets. So one day, I'm like I said, I look like a little baby. Some guy said, "Dude, what are you yeah, living on?" Let me get this straight. So you get in. You get into Los Angeles, and you're immediately living on the streets because you have nowhere to go, right? Correct. Yes, I'm okay. sleeping behind the bus station. That's the only place I know. And they had a little event with the heat come out because it was October. That was getting uh, cold at night. And then I would just sleep in different places. Then I went down and found a park which was closed later on. So I'm sleeping under my park bench at a park downtown and it's raining. And some guys, hey, little man, what are you doing out here? Why don't you go? And I was like, my name is Gavney. I came here to be an actor of North Carolina. Ugh. I wonder why everybody I told I came here to be an actor would go, oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> <laughs> so he told me to go to the Union Rescue Mission, which, as you know, I used to have my picture up. I don't know if it's still there. I haven't been in a while, but my picture used to be up at the Union Rescue Mission because people who graduate, graduates from the Union Rescue Mission, I've done hundreds of, um, of giveaways now. I'm on the TV shows. We've done down there in partnership with the Union Rescue Mission. I ended up going to the Union Rescue Mission where I ended up living at the Union Rescue Mission. They helped me get on the county. I got a job at Rancho Los Amigos Hospital in Downey, California. Saved my money up for two years. Worked like a Hebrew slave. Um, saved all my money, end up, got on the county welfare and got a hotel downtown LA uh, at uh, 1007 East 7th Street, the Ford Hotel. And you just sign your voucher and you can eat three meals a day at the Busy Bee Hotel, which was in the lobby. You sign a voucher. And um, that was welfare. I got on that. Then I got a job at Rancho's Los Amigos Hospital. I saved up like, uh, I moved five guys from the hotel, the county hotel, into the apartment with me in Hollywood so everybody could pay the rent and it would still be cheap. I quit my job. I started looking up all the studios, sneaking in, getting kicked out, sneaking in, getting kicked out until I started learning what to do. And then I end up um, one day I'm on a bus and this guy's over there going. And I go, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm going to go to a cattle call. What's that? He says, audition for a, 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 a commercial. I said, I can't mean to be an actor. My name is Miguel Noonan. I talked like this when the first guy here got there. My nickname is Country Boy. And he goes, um, I said, he said, you're going to ask him, what is that? He said, this is, you got to get a picture here. You have to get pictures. What's that? That's a resume. You have to get a resume. And da, 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 da. He was telling me all of this stuff. And as he gets off, I look over, I see him getting off. And there was a park and they had cameras in the park and everything downtown uh, uh, L.A. So I get off on the next stop. I go to a copy place. I write his name out and put my name on his resume. I go back and I got in the line and I got the lead in the Geno's restaurant commercial. No. And he took me, and then he found out a guy, and the guys, I didn't know, you didn't even need a resume. So the resume didn't get it. So, because it's a cattle call. So anyway, they, they, he found out, and I was like, hey, there's the guy. And he was like, wait, you got it? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I have no agent. He said, I'll take it to my agent. He took me to his agent. His agent said, okay, um, you know, I'll sign you. I said, listen, just send me more of those cattle things. You know, you know, you can have all the money if you just send me more, more of those. I want to be in movies and TVs. He said, oh, you know, I like you. I'm going to sign you, of course, so he could get the commission. I didn't know the, what it was at the time. And then I think the next- Miguel had, did, did you like, were you acting at all? I mean, it was just a, no. Nothing. nothing. You go nothing. on an audition. Wait, wait, this is, this, okay. wait, this is what, this, you're going you're gonna to want to pick up from there when I finish this part. Okay. So when I go in there to him and the next 47 auditions he sent me on, I probably got 45 of them. And, and I was on a network TV series, Tour of Duty, three years later for three years, a hit show. And then 
uh, Return of Living Dead, and then it just never stopped. Wow. Okay, you know, let me ask you a question. That's how you know it's God. Uh, okay, it I'm just gonna, okay, you kind of are ahead of me. I was just going to say, a lot of people would say, Miguel, that's just luck. What would you say? What would you say to that? Okay, I would say to that luck is, I don't know, luck is, luck is, it's deeper than luck because I'm going to tell you what it is. It's, it's changing your wanas into ganas. If I walk up to you and I take a thousand people and I ask you, what do you, what do you want to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? How do you want, you, what do, how do you want your life to end? What do you want to be in your life? And he say, uh, I want to be um, uh, an actor. I want to be this. I want to be that. I can go down that line and tell you every single person who's going to be an actor. Because if you say, I want to be an actor, mm-hmm. I never said that in my entire life. I always say, I'm going to, I'm going to be an actor. It's the same thing if with you, affirmations. You have to say it as it's already done. Same thing. And also, you know, I do believe that God reward, puts something on your heart and he rewards you for that determination and persistence and resiliency. And you've got to take the action. You know, a lot of people are just hoping. I mean, I'm a, I'm a coach and I have clients that go, I said, you have to get into action. You know, hoping and praying, that's great, but that's not going to get you there. You have to believe it with all your heart. I mean, in my book, I said, I don't believe in a plan B. If you believe in plan B, you're not believing in plan A enough. You, That's you, right. That means you already you already gave up on Plan A. Thank listen, you. Thank you. That's you exactly say, they say good things come. To, they say good things come to those who wait. I don't know whoever told you that. That's wrong. They say good things come. Better things come to those who don't wait. <laughs> Period. I and agree. Yeah. I agree because you know what? I think that you know we've been taught and conditioned to believe that oh you know you have to wait a long time and you know, it can happen as fast as you are like as you uh, do it. That's right. Exactly. And, and listen. And nobody has to believe in you. Listen, no one in my entire life ever said I could do it. Everyone told me, and they were understandably trying to give me the right advice. Listen, you're black. They got actors in New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia, New York, acting schools, acting colleges, agents, managers, lawyers, in the union, out of the union. Your little poor black ass, how is it humanly possible? That's what I heard my entire life. But listen, when you know and believe so strongly in yourself, what that keeps you doing is like me. I had to sit and eat out of the trash. This is why I skipped ahead. There were times where I would wake up, they were scratching every day. And they said, what is it? They said, you're covered in lice. And I had to go downtown, take off my clothes and spray poison all over me and go inside a shower with about 40 other bums defecating and spitting up and the worst smell you can't ever get over over in your life and I still to this day and then wait for them to wash your clothes and go back and put it back on wanna would make you give up if you want to be something I want to be active that's the kind of stuff that would make you turn up haven't eaten in five days and I sit at the bus stop just because the guy left two cookies in his pack and I miss my bus and I know the next one ain't coming for 45 minutes but there's two extra cookies I know damn well will hold me for another three hours and, and that, that's what Ghana will keep you doing. Ghana will make you stay there. Wana will make you give up and go home. Wana will be like, well, you know, I know I want to be, but it ain't no it's going to be like this. Ghana, when I know it's going to happen, I don't give a damn what I'm going through. I know what's going to happen on the other side. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of people would say they can't identify with that. And you know what? I, I can identify because I've been at this for, you know, I, mean, I first had this conceptual idea 25 years ago, so I'm still here. And I just turned 58 years old. So I get it. I'm still at it after this amount of time and everything is paying off at this point. But I did. I went back and forth with bouts with am I worthy? Okay, because I was raised, you know, I read about it in my first book with a a father that, you know, nobody can make you feel a certain way. 
but that was the message. It wasn't good enough, right? So I kept bouncing back and forth between those two minds. And I think most people struggle with the same thing, right? You were on a one-way track and maybe your determination and motivation, not to say that you weren't obviously meant to be an actor and that was put on your heart, but maybe the, the determination was to get out of North Carolina because it was like, that was like the real push. Well, that damn show was part of it. I can tell you that. <laughs> I can sure tell you that was part of it. I mean, did you I have any that. tools when you were sitting there and you were, you know, have lice, you're covered in lice and you're eating out of tr- uh, trash cans? Is there, was there ever moments where you had a moment where you said, I, I just know if this is going to happen? I never thought it wasn't going to happen, but I can tell you this part. There were times where I thought maybe I should go back home and come back when I saved some money. I thought about it because I can usually used to when people used to tell me that I would say no. But I remember this when there was a, a the union rescue mission that, that they have now is like a multi, multi, multi million dollar facility. But when I was there, it was a little nasty hole in the wall with just one room with pews where all the bums sit and they were leaning on me here leaning on me there and that's why I was covered in lights and that's why, where I was and they had a little prayer room in the back mm-hmm. and I remember I would wait till everybody got they called me young blood because I was the youngest one there wasn't no young people when I got here in the 80s as young as I am but like, like there are now families so I remember everybody would sleep. I would get up because right behind, it was a church for the homeless. That's all it was, that they would let people sleep in at night. Mm-hmm. Right behind the pew was a little door. And I looked in there, it was like a pastor's room. And I'm like, everybody here leaning on each other. And this room was completely empty with a pew. So I would go in there after everybody would go home. they close off the lights and close the door and lay on that pew. But I would close my eyes and pray to God so hard please 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 god let me be back home in my bed and wake up and this was all a dream and i would go to sleep praying to god hoping i was still in be in my room and i would still be there (laughs) (laughs) okay so was 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 faith instilled in you when you were a young child i mean did you go to church i mean was that a we had to go to church every day of our life my grandfather was the preacher my grandmother was first lady the church was next door and we owned it Okay, so did you accept that, or I mean, did you just go because (laughs) mandatory, or did you accept it in your heart? You oh no 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 no. I'm I I know everything about it. I live it every single day. I believe it. I I, I'll send you prayers every day. It works. It's true. I don't care what anybody believes. So do you? Let me ask you a question. If you didn't have that strong belief and in faith and God, do you think you would be where you are now? A hundred percent no. Thank you very much. A hundred percent. No, there is no way on God's earth. I could have been where I am and got where I am without God. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And, and, and I was aware of that. And the closest I've ever got to him and what drew me closer to him was when I was down there, because there were times when I was homeless walking on the street going, you know, you see people walking around the street like that, homeless people. And I was walking like that. I literally would wake up in the morning. Hey, good morning. Hey God. And I literally, I literally was talking to him because I didn't know anybody else. I was one talking to him every night. Good night, and like he was really there. I literally drew closer. Let me tell you how you know this guy. October, November, December, I met some friends that were already on home, Skid Row. Mm-hmm. I was the youngest. I was like I said, I looked the youngest. I was still the youngest between these guys. We were walking around. It was it was December, five minutes before twelve, 
it was the saddest sad i was the saddest and i was the youngest so i was walking behind them because i want i was about to cry thinking about being at home and christmas everybody getting toys and that was the best time of year for us because we didn't get our ass whooped on christmas time so we could have more fun and i was just so excited and, and i was starting to i was about to cry so they were walking in front of and verbatim I said, dear God, please, 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 God, you can't let it be like this. I'm watching them in front of me. Keep looking at them because I don't want them to see me about to cry. So I see them looking down and talking. The moment I, I looked up and looked at them and I said, please, you can't look at this way. They walked ahead of me. I looked down. There's a big ass stack, $120, $160 in 20s. There's no way they could have passed that. No. Like, it was, no way they could have passed that. No. I wait, and wait, and I take us all to get something to eat. We get something there. $520. We go, wait, it was a Richard Pryor movie or something. In downtown LA, when you come out of a movie, they had those stores that just had a counter on them. And we come out about two in the morning now. I'm walking in front now because I'm happy. We don't have hot dog. We eating, and I got more money in my pocket. And everybody, and I done bought everybody food, and we happy. And I'm walking down the street, and I go, hey, look, look, look. Two o'clock in the morning, everything closed a huge white gift sitting on the counter of a store that's closed. And I go, hey, look, somebody left their gift. And a white couple walked right past me at a time. And they said, well, it's yours now. And I was like, whoa, a big gift, all in white with a big white bow. And I find it. Impossible. Yeah, it, Impossible. Was, it, was, meant for, it, was, it was for you, right? It was absolutely. It was God. That was God. And I can go through a hundred more times that happened to me when I was homeless like that. Yeah. So many times he took care of me. So many times. So many times that I ask and I receive. So many times I believed and received. Uh, it, it's just I 100% give him the credit. God protects where God directs. And trust me, you can go out to anything. If you ain't got him on, in with you, it ain't going to happen. It, if it it, happens, with, happens, with God, everything is possible. And without God, nothing is possible. And I, and I, and I agree. And you know what? Let me just throw this out there because, you know, I'm just a straight shooter. I mean, you're an actor, you know, you're successful, you're a celebrity. And, and, you know, I'm going to stigmatize right now, but usually successful entertainers. Cause you know, my, I have a background, my family's in entertainment and everything. Um, I've seen people let them go to their head you know, they're not really, uh, they don't really want to help anybody else. They're all full of ego. And I, I think I'm going to just jump out there and I'm going to say, you know, the people that I have interviewed in the entertainment field or very, or just very successful people, people that have made a hundred million dollars or so, the ones that want to talk to me and that are willing to share their experiences for others to, to bring hope into their lives. That's the one commonality we all have is that every one of us believe in God. And I think Absolutely. The people that I've met, that don't, you know, I always say a prayer because those are the people I find that behave the worst. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. I can't even add to that. That's, a, that's like a sermon. I feel like giving you an offering. <laughs> hey, listen, I did hear, I'm going to, I know your time is valuable. Um, and uh, I did hear, though, that you used to sneak onto the sets. Is that, is, is that, is that, oh. that? Listen, everybody would tell me when I got here, I said, listen. I want to walk, I want to go to Universal Studios and I want to walk around the set so I can see how it's done and watch what it's done. My friend said, man, they ain't going to let you do that. I didn't understand that. And this is why every <laughs> single person here, you have to understand. It's like, I just, I, the concept of that didn't, so I go anyway. 
And I remember walking up to the gate and I say, my name's Miguel Nunez. Can I help you? My name's Miguel Nunez. I'm an actor in Wilson, North Carolina, 647 Third Street. And I came to be an actor. And I, I, I don't want to bother nobody. I just want to go in on the set and I want to walk around and see how they do He said, man, get your ass. You can't come in here and do that. <laughs> so I didn't understand. <laughs> he said, they ain't going to let you. <laughs> and you're, you're rattling off your address like he, like he cares what you are. Exactly. <laughs> like that's going to make a difference. Well, yeah. He's not from here. Like he's not from here. So I'm thinking, he said, he's not going to let you. And he said, I can't. So that didn't, that didn't. So I used to also sell my blood plasma to eat because I couldn't get a job and have a place to have a address, all that. So I would sell my blood plasma for $7. And then I would sell my blood plasma. You get $14 if you do it twice in the same week. I would save and save and save. And I went to the Universal Studio Tour. And I took the Universal Studio Tour. And I was like, all right. So I was watching and watching. I was watching the whole tour. And there was a part. And I said, okay, good. I got him. So I went out. Came back the next week, saved and saved and saved and saved my money up. Got me another, got back on the Universal Studio Tour. There's a part of the Universal Studio Tour where they said, everybody get off the tram. Everybody get off here. Okay, now come over. Everybody line up on the right here. All right, line up on the right, right here. Now, we're going to go inside. And it was like, uh, uh, you know, they were showing you how the sets work, but it wasn't what I wanted. But so we're going to go in inside. We're going to see how, you know, we got it set up so you can see how it works. Okay, so everybody come this way, come this way. Come this way, come this way, come this way. Why everybody was coming this way, coming this way. I went the other way, the other way, the other way. <laughs> and I walked around the studios and I went inside. I wasn't allowed and trying to ask nobody questions. I went up in the top and I remember sitting there watching. I was there till like six, five or something until I could catch the last tram and get back in line and go do that little bullshit and take the last tram. And I did exactly what he said I couldn't do, what the man at the gate said I, they wasn't going to let me do, the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just never took no for an answer. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Don't take no for an answer. No, because there's no. that will tell you no. And you know what? You know, I always believe this too. There's there's dream smashers, okay? People, when you say that you Ooh, this, I had those. If they, if they haven't achieved their own dreams, they're going to smash yours. And, you know, oh. you notice the people that are successful that have achieved their dreams, are happy to help you most absolutely most and there was guys that i ran into i remember i would there was one studio ktla kttv uh, oh yeah and i remember i would always watch them some of the guys would come in with little uh, uh, uh lunch pails like they were doing with hats on and stuff so i remember one time i went out and bought me a little lunch pail and i wait for that little thing to come down soon security guard would talk to somebody i go walk through and be, hey he go uh, uh, and sometime i get by and <laughs> And there was one black security guard. Everybody else kind of knew. And, you know, there was security guard that knew I got And there was one black security guard who always found me and wanted to kick me out. And I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember one time after I made it, I see him and he was like, yeah, man, you don't remember? I used to work at the studio, man. I used to look out for you. And I wanted to go into him and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. You, I, yeah, I was looking out for I, was like, I don't remember it the same way. Oh I, wanted to, oh, I wanted to give it to him, but he was still a security guard, so I let it roll. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I was like, yes, yeah, I do remember you, yeah. I want to say, yeah, you don't want to chase me and kick me out every time I got past yeah, everybody Yeah, else. I took care of you, yeah, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> That's where you're taking care of me. I, I hate to see and that's you. exactly <laughs> what you were saying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, listen, you know, we've got the pandemic going, uh, you know, we've never seen the world the way it is right now. I mean, even aside from the pandemic, there's so many people out there that have lost hope that don't believe in themselves. Um, you know, do you have like three, one, two or three takeaways 
advice for people that are struggling, that never feel like they're going to ever achieve their dreams or desires or goals, you know, any, anything that you do on a daily basis, a ritual that will help them get closer to where they want to be. Listen, all I can tell everybody, listen, every single body is, it's not what you're going through. Even when I was coming up, every situation you ever saw me, and there were times where I had a three day notice letter in my pocket and I was on the last day, having to eat in a week, didn't know how to build, my lights were about to go off. And every time you saw me anywhere, people would say, who is that guy? They thought I was some rich child's son. Who is that guy? That's the happiest little MF I have ever seen in my life. I've never seen anybody. Oh, that's not that. Everybody thought I was some rich person's son. Mm -hmm. It's not what you go through. It's how you react to what you go through. Everybody is going through it. Just remember one thing. Tomorrow is the first day. Mm -hmm. of the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to remember. Don't keep looking at what you haven't done, you know, what you think. Don't look at what you haven't done or, or what you should have done or what you think you could have done or what somebody else has done. Tomorrow is the first day of your life. When yep. you get up tomorrow, say, you know what? I Forget about the past. You can accomplish anything, but you got to figure out what the hell it is you want to go after. You can't go after something unless you know what it is. And once you determine what it take a couple of, some time, disconnect, turn your phone off, turn everything off and spend some time and find out what you want to do. And once you find that, go for it. And don't let no, and don't say, I want to do it. Say, I'm going to do it and go for it. You're and nothing only, only tell people that have achieved their dreams. Don't be telling the, you, people, let that oh, wait. Yeah. Please say that again. Don't only tell people that have achieved their dreams. Don't tell people that have not achieved their dreams because they will take you down. I mean, Absolutely. This before this last year, I had to let go. There were six people, the one back in my life, there was six people that were dragging my life down, you know, and I'd rather be alone than around people that are going against me or, or, right. you know, I, See, some people, some people don't like you around because your spirit irritates their demons. Bingo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when, when there's a lot of light, the yes. not like that, right? Exactly. They say anything against you. They don't like this light around. No. They're irritated when you're well, around. And it also makes them take a look at themselves and why have they not achieved it? You know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Because you can sit there and you can make excuses of oh, that person's lucky. And let me tell you something. I came from the opposite. I came from a very affluent family, okay? Where I had everything. I had a tennis court in my backyard and I raised on a golf course, private schools, lessons, private lessons, everything. I could never have been so afraid or alone because of the message that my father, I mean, I was, I grew up afraid. So, you know, when people say, oh, if I just had the money or I just had the education, like that nope. is such a crock of shit, because you know what? I didn't really start evolving until I found metaphysics to change my thinking and started believing in myself and applying the principles and getting closer to God. And that's really what changed everything. Cause I lost everything about four years ago. And I'm telling you, I kept tearing in my ear hey, I don't think this is a good idea for you to be here anymore. Seriously. But wow. I have a son. I'm a single mom. And I said, that's the only reason I'm still here. And you know what I kept hearing? Just keep going. That's what I kept hearing. That, Just keep that, going. Just keep you know going. What? One step at a time. That's it. Yeah. And you do anything. If, if you try to look at the whole totality, everything, that's what makes you give up. One step at a time. Right. Absolutely. Right. And God protects where God directs. Keep God first. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. I don't care what anybody say. Wait, you think that's uh, and all? I, don't understand. I don't understand. I don't care if I understand it. I don't care if you say it can happen. Right. I don't care if you say it's not possible. I don't want to hear that from you. I agree. I agree. And I think with that- whatever you're doing, you're doing it right because you look absolutely beautiful. Oh, well, thank you, Miguel. Such a pleasure having you on. Seriously. Anytime. I'd do it anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, it's Tina Marks TV. And my podcast is Transparent with Tina. And you want to follow me? Yeah, you want to follow me at M. Nunez Jr. M-N-U-N-E-Z-J-R. And that's on Instagram? Correct. Yeah, and I do I do a lot of uh, free acting class tips on there for people because they can't afford it. So oh, um, love it, love it, perfect. Okay, and right, we're God gonna also you. include that in the content in the show too. Okay, all right, all, all right. right. I'm gonna have you back you. on Mwah. anytime. All right, thank you. Perfect. Have a great day. See you later, most beautiful.